Action Bronson was in the kitchen cooking. He had a, a joint hanging out of his mouth. And I'm not a smoker. I'm a runner. I'm a, I like to work out. I'm a healthy, you know, person. Um, and I'm thinking, and no, and no offense to the smokers, of course, but I was just like, why would you smoke it? I mean, while you're cooking, like, why don't you just put it in the food, you know, and accomplish like the two in one, right? Uh, and so that that was sort of like, I, I this is we need to do this, you know. So that was part of Kitchen Token. I, I should preface everything that I say with. I firmly believe that this plant is food. Cannabis is food, and I believe that food is medicine. Not all medicine. I'm not saying I don't use pharmaceuticals or I wouldn't, you know, but I try very hard to stay away from them. So when I have a headache, I'll go to my cupboard or I'll drink water or, you know, I'll have some CBD or something. But I try to stay away from pharmaceuticals, you know, and and try to take the approach of plants over pills anytime that I can. Yeah, that's a good way to be. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. Hey, what's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Uh, if you're first time listening, welcome. Uh, if you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us this evening. Uh, do me a favor. If you're on YouTube watching this, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button in the corner and thumbs this video up. If you're on Facebook, like this and share it, please. Uh, Facebook doesn't... Uh, doesn't like to promote things for you unless you're paying them for it. So what I really count on is you as a listener or viewer uh, sharing these episodes so it can get some traction. Uh, podcast platforms, if you're listening to this on that, like uh, uh, Spotify, um, you know, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of those, that'll be coming out here in the next couple of days. So if you're listening there, do me a favor and subscribe, please. That'll help get me uh, noticed on the podcast platforms. If you dig the uh, stream yard that I'm using, the streaming app, go ahead and hit the uh, affiliate link down in the uh, show notes or the description, and that'll give you a $10 credit when you subscribe and for the $25 plan, and that'll help uh, kick back some, uh, you know, some money to me too uh, and help the show as well. What else do we got here? We've got the, uh, oh yeah, Patreon. That's another way that you can help support the show is go over to Patreon. And I have four tiers there where, you know, where you can go ahead, subscribe and, uh, you know, get early access to episodes uh, on the $3 tier. You can also just, if you just want to say, hey man, I like what you're doing and, and give me a buck a month. That's cool too, man. All this stuff costs money and it's got to get paid for at some point. And if you don't want me pulling in sponsors or, or ads, that's going to be the best way to keep that from happening. Honestly, at some point I'm going to have to start doing that uh, to start paying these bills around here. 
Um, last night's episode, if you guys didn't check it out, man, that was an amazing episode with Chad Marks, man. His story is, is, he's got a big time story and I'm so happy that I got a chance to connect with him. So if you didn't see it, check out his YouTube channel called blood on the razor wire TV on his YouTube channel. And that is like a legit, the first episode that he did and with him and dog pound, uh, you know, his, his buddy from prison, when they talked about how it was in Sandy or big Sandy, in uh you know where they were where they did time together man that was I, I mean i couldn't believe the the conversation they were having man it was so impactful so check that out also chad's got a book called blood on the razor wires as well it's called a prison memoir so tonight who i have for you jolene rivera and she is a uh owner of and founder of kitchen toke and that is a website that she has that has a lot of good stuff uh, on it. I checked it out. Um, she does a couple of other things, but it's mostly a magazine about um, health and wellness through culinary cannabis. And I am a cannabis user myself. I microdose daily uh, THC edibles. So, and, and it's really helped my mental health and my wellness as well because you know, it's it just, I used to always be in a bad mood when I won't, you know, do it throughout the day. And, you know, it just, it's really helped to just make me a nicer person throughout the day. So I don't know if it has anything to do with it. It's not because I'm getting high. That's for sure. Because I'm not, uh, let's bring in Jolene right now. Hey, Jolene, how are you? Hi. Hi, Sean. How are you? Good evening. Good evening to you too, as well. Uh, hopefully I got that right. I, I saw you nodding in, in, in agreement. So I, I imagine that mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen Toke is a, uh, uh, the first media company in the world dedicated to informing consumers on culinary cannabis for health and wellness. Awesome. Awesome. So, so let, let's talk about that. You know, how did you, like, how did you even get involved in this space? Right. I know it's an, it's an emerging space for sure. A lot of people are getting into it. And it is, uh, I know we have, I mean, literally right down in, I live in the Delta and there's an island out in the middle of the Delta that somebody bought and that's all they do is grow cannabis on that island. And <laughs> seriously, and it's all legit. It's all legal. And that's they've great. got, they've got truckloads of it coming off of that island that they get a ferry to cross the waterway on a, on a, you know, those old school ferries. <laughs> that's great. Hmm. Well, I mean, I spent uh, 20 years in the media space. I was a graphic designer at Meredith Publishing. I was designing magazines for a living. Um, when I left there, I got really into the food, uh, the food space. I started doing, you know, cookbook work for Food Network and um, just shooting various um, art director, creative directing, shooting um, photo shoots for the food space, food industry, craft foods, um, Chicago Magazine, Top 20 Restaurant Shoot. Uh, I ended up uh, eight and a half years ago, I ended up at U.S. Foods uh, as a creative director for their um, food program called Food Fanatics. And we produce a quarterly magazine for U.S. Foods still. And, you know, when you're around chefs and really talking about food trends, um, you know, on the daily, you're, you're paying attention to what's going on. And during that time, um, my co-designer, uh, she was helping me run my creative agency, Nellie Williams, her dad. I uh, was diagnosed with cancer, uh, lung cancer in 20, uh, 2011. And uh, 
you know, um, I'm pretty close to her. And so it was hard for me to watch her uh, be worried like that. Uh, her sister and I used to work together at Meredith back in 1997. So I know the family. And um, I basically, you know, listened um, and and day to day and heard about how her dad was doing. And by 2016, he was he had tried many experimental treatments, signing up for anything he could, you know, uh, and um, he was losing his battle by 2016. And um, I was paying attention to the cannabis space at the same time. And I had heard chefs cooking with cannabis. I was not a user. I tried it in high school, but it wasn't really my thing. And um, right around 2016, I, I called some friends in Chicago and said, Hey, why don't, would you guys be able to find me some, some edible, something that I could take him? I started looking online and there was really nothing that there was a lot of information and there were a lot of, you know, uh, kind of what I would call homespun recipes, but I, I didn't know if I could trust them. It, and I'm sure there was probably some people that I've actually worked with today in the magazine that were probably making recipes, but I didn't know them. I didn't know if I could trust them. I didn't really know where to get credible information. And so my friends got me some high THC chocolates and I, uh, drove down to Missouri with a friend of mine, Whitney Larson, who's also on my team. And we uh, showed up at Nellie's parents' store, and her she's got a very Irish Catholic family in uh, Washington, Missouri. And we knocked on the door to deliver some THC chocolates. I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And I, I said to Nellie, like, you told your parents I'm coming, right? And she's like, kind of. I was like, oh, my God, Nellie. Like, oh, my God, here's the Mexican showing up from Chicago with the weed, you know? Um, <laughs> and we were kind of having a laugh when her mom opened up the door. And so I, I just, we're, I remember standing in the kitchen and her dad was there and I said, so Fred, I have some, I have something for you. And I was sort of like, oh shit moment, you know? And I told him what I had and he's like, give me those. He took the box he ate three of them in a row. And I remember oh. by the third one, I was like, you might not want to do that. And I knew nothing then, to be honest. Uh, and if anyone's listening out there, do not do that. Do not um, do that. <laughs> yeah. The rule of thumb is start low, go slow. But, you know, he's battling cancer for five years. He's tried everything. He's an extreme amount of pain. His neck was swollen like three times the size of a normal neck. Uh, it was it had spread to his lymph nodes. It was choking him from the inside. What do you tell somebody who's in that amount of pain? Um, yeah. You could see it on his face, you know. And um, he took the chocolates and was about, I'm going to say, 30, 40 minutes into the conversation. Uh, he's like, well, I'm hungry. I'm going <laughs> to crack open a beer. And, you know, he's smiling. And he started, you know, messing around with the kids a little bit. And you could tell that that his whole mood just shifted. It was really incredible to be in the room and watch it right, just right in front of us, you know? Yeah. And he went for a walk around the block. He's like, um, he walked down to his other daughter's house. We all went down there and had bites and, and a glass of wine. And he was just ready to have a little bit of fun, I think, you know? And um, when I left that day, I was sobbing in the car. I could not even drive. I was crying so hard. I knew that that would probably be the last time I saw him. You know, Nellie said, why are you crying so hard? And I said, I think this might be the last time I'm going to see him. And I was right. He passed away. Uh, I, to me, I feel like it was three weeks later, but maybe a little bit more. It felt like it was too close, you know, but uh, he passed away. And after the funeral, I went back, I went back down and I uh, waited a little bit. And then I said to her later, 
what if we took everything we're doing now, because we were doing a magazine called Gluten-Free Forever, we were doing Sweet Paul Magazine, we were doing Food Fanatics, we were designing cookbooks. What if we take all the information that we know, take our design, marketing, branding skills, and apply it to something where we could help other people have one good day? Mm. And so we launched, I filled a white space, you know, I launched a magazine about culinary cannabis that didn't exist, a platform that didn't exist, and directed it towards people like me who I didn't respond to high times. I wasn't responding to dope with the big nugs on the cover. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, cannabis now wasn't really something I was directed at me. It wasn't directed at her parents, you know, her family. So I I designed a, we, I should say, we designed a magazine that would, you know, uh, be attractive to all of these people that weren't necessarily looking to cannabis Mm-hmm. for help with daily pain, you know, any, any form of health and wellness, uh, because of the fear of being high. So kitchen talk is an entry point to anyone who's curious about cannabis. Yeah, that's a great point that you make, uh, too. And for anybody out there that wants to, to, to know, like, you know, what she said in the beginning, uh, start low, go slow. That really is, is the key. Like I make my own chocolate, right? And I do everything myself. I have a, I have a buddy that grows and he gives me, you know, I, I get his trimmings and, and like the bud clippings and everything else. And I infuse my own, uh, cocoa butter and, and I make my own stuff. Right. And just because I want to know what's in it. And, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, the one thing that the, that the dispensaries have that I don't is their, their, (laughs) their stuff is, is like perfect every time. Right. And yeah. there are times, to- there have been times because I know my, I know what my dosing is to not get high. Right. And just to get all the benefits without the, without the other stuff, even though you, you are, I am taking THC, but sometimes I'll get a piece where it seems like maybe it didn't get mixed up well enough and it'll take me over to the place that I do not want to be. And so for anybody that's ever taken edibles and, and you would know that that is no fun. There, there is no fun in, in, in when you take too much, uh, of an edible because it just, it's a scary place to be. Um, because <laughs> it, 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 it is, yeah, yeah, it's a scary place to be. I mean, even though you know it's going to get, all right. Okay. You're okay. You're okay. All right. Uh, time. Let's just get some time. <laughs> you know, I know it's going to go away in like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, but it's going to happen. You don't have to go to the hospital. Yeah. You just have to remember to tell yourself you're high. Um, I would recommend that you could chew on some black peppercorns. There are terpenes in black peppercorns that will bring you down. Mm. Uh, you could take some straight CBD. That would help too. Okay. Okay. Um, don't eat a mango. That will make you higher. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but the, the stigma behind it is, is that, oh, you're just trying to get high. And that's not true. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that probably are, you know, but not everybody is. And the stigma is really what we're trying. I mean, that's what I brought you here for. And that's what we're really trying to break through, right? This, this stigma around marijuana as being this, you know, oh, you know, Harry Anslinger did an amazing job in, in, in what he did back in the day. He sure did. <laughs> you know, it, and you and I both share the same kind of culture, uh, you know, in our background. Cause I'm Hispanic too, uh, half, yeah. you know, and, and it was aimed at us and our people yeah, you won't catch me using the m word yeah and mm-hmm. so it uh you know it's 
There's a lot of history there, but there's a lot of goodness, man. I mean, this is cannabis, in my opinion, is no different than corn as a commodity with all the different things that you can do with it. Actually, it's probably better than corn because you can do more things with it. You know, every every product that you can make with it is 10 times better than the products that they have on the market currently. Right. With cotton and, the, you know, rope and and clothes, right. the durability right. of the hemp and the and when you make hemp uh, like clothes, clothing and yeah. like yeah. all products made from hemp are, are just amazing. Like I've had some. So, you know, that, you know, the, the the lotions that they make with hemp. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are those just make your hands so soft. I love that oh, stuff. They're crushing up that hemp seed. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. So tell me about a little bit more about uh, the space and, you know, what maybe I may not know or the viewers may not know about the space and, and, you know, and, oh, oh, there, so here, I got one. I got one for you. Uh, Netflix has two different uh, food um, uh, series on there where they're cooking with cannabis. Have you seen those? Uh I've heard of them. I don't know if I've seen them, the ones you're talking about yet. Oh, check them out, man. There's a new show coming out on 420. You know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a new show coming out on 420. I'm really excited to watch, actually. But just watching them cook with cannabis and all the different forms of it, it's not just weed. It's, it's, you know, it's infused stuff. It's, uh, Keith, um, actually working with the, the fan leaves themselves, chopping them up like you would, uh, basil or char or, or parsley. I mean, it's really amazing what they've done in that space. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll go back to 2016 when I, before I had the, and I don't know if it was an aha moment because you can see that it was a catalyst. There were all of these things that were the catalyst for me getting there, you know, to fill that white space. But, um, I, my, I wasn't really into watching YouTube and my boyfriend at the time was, you know, always had his iPad, was watching always something on, on his iPad. And, um, I really wasn't, I was never one of those people I am now, but, uh, he was showing me a video about, uh, action Bronson, action Bronson was in the kitchen cooking. He had a, a joint hanging out of his mouth and I'm not a smoker. I'm a runner. I'm a, I like to work out. I'm a healthy, you know, person. Um, and I'm thinking, and no, and no offense to the smokers, of course, but I was just like, why would you smoke it? I mean, you are, you're cooking. Like, why don't you just put it in the food, you know, and accomplish like the two in one. Right. Uh, and so that, that was sort of like, I, I, this is, we need to do this, you know? So that was part of kitchen token. I, I should preface everything that I say with, I firmly believe that this plant is food. Cannabis is food. And I believe that food is medicine, not all medicine. I'm not saying I don't use pharmaceuticals or I wouldn't, you know, but I try very hard to stay away from them. So when I have a headache, I'll go to my cupboard or I'll drink water or, you know, I'll have some CBD or something, but I try to stay away from pharmaceuticals, you know, and and try to take the approach of plants over pills anytime that I can. Yeah, that's a good way to be. So the reason why I started doing, uh, taking edibles and all, and for you probably don't know, and for anybody watching that probably what doesn't know, uh, I, was addicted to meth for, for 18 years. I stopped doing that. And when I started playing softball, I injured myself and I got pain pills. Right. And, uh, no, they gave me Norco's. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so I started out with those. And then seven years later, I'm taking, uh, 10, like number what 10 milligram Percocets, you know, and I was spending at one point, I was spending an extra $500 a month getting them off the street. 
uh, you know, but it was, it wasn't like meth because I could still function, right? I could still go to work. I could still show up and I could still do all this other stuff. Uh, right. Well, before- I know some very high functioning former meth addicts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was mm-hmm. too, but it, it, but it, 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 it still ruined my life. Like I couldn't like every time I, every way that I tried to do it, it just ended, it ended badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's nothing good. There's nowhere to go, but down on that one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. So yeah. with, with the pills, right. It, it, uh, right before I started doing the podcast, maybe like six months before that, I was like, how are you going to, so I was still getting prescribed these things. And I'm like, how are you going to talk to anybody about nowhere to go, but up when you're still playing around with these pills, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing with them, taking some of them sometimes and doing whatever you were doing with the rest of them. And it, uh, I just stopped. And the way that I did it was, is I weaned myself down half, 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 half dose, half dose, half dose. I was used to taking until I got down to probably about maybe a quarter, quarter of a pill. And the rest of the way, I switched over to edibles. So I knew I was going to still feel some discomfort from the withdrawals, right? But I knew it wasn't going to be as bad. The diarrhea wouldn't have kicked in. The uh, The stomach pains that you have were a lot less. And eating the, the – Yeah, the sweating. Then the edibles really helped, helped, helped me through that. Right. It mm-hmm. helped me through that end, end part to, to get off of them. And I haven't touched them since. Well, actually, no, I can't, I can't lie about that. Um, when I got my surgery, I did take some, uh, they gave me, they gave me perks again, but, I, but I told them specifically, they asked me how many I wanted. I said, I want 20. That's it. Just give me 20 of them. And I already had a plan in place for my girlfriend to somebody who's going to, you hold them and don't give me any more than I need. And so I went into it very intentional, right? Yeah. And so it didn't end up becoming a problem. And actually, I didn't even have any withdrawal symptoms from it. Even after I didn't feel funny or nothing. It was just, you know, all right, well, they're gone. Let's move on. Life, life keeps going. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, and, and that was kind of a long way to go around to say that, you know, I firmly believe in, in, in cannabis as a medicine, um, as a, as a, it's just, it's amazing. And so, and psilocybin too, mushrooms are the same way. They're no, they're no different. Yeah. There's, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I, um, I grew up with adult, I'm an adult child of two alcoholics and there's, um, drug addiction in my family as well. And I would have given anything, uh, to know then what I know now. Um, to, you know, I don't know how much I could have helped, you know, because you learn that. I mean, I think I've been in counseling since I was 13, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So uh, you learn what you're uh, in control of and what you're not. And I learned that at a very early age. And I'm lucky for it. I'm really lucky for that. You know, a lot of people spend their whole lives growing up in that environment without any counseling or any um, any guidance. And I was lucky enough that I actually was put in counseling, um, that I went back, um, that I listened, you know, and that I got something from it. And I've applied that to my life since I was 13 years old. Yeah. That's, that's Um, awesome, man. Uh, yeah, my, my, my dad was an alcoholic as well as when I was growing up, I grew up in, uh, you know, in a, an abusive household, mostly verbally, but I heard there, I heard there was some of the other stuff, but like, I, I couldn't, there was just stories. I never, I never saw any of it. Um, Mm. so I can't really say that, that I know for sure that that happened. Um, so yeah. So tell me a little bit about what's your favorite 
What's your favorite dish to eat cooking with cannabis? Well, you'll laugh, but I mean, I don't, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but I just recently launched a new honey. Um, it's a CBD honey, but it's the only honey in the world that's infused by bees. And so this, I mean, to be honest, that is what I eat three times a day now. I mean, in the summertime, I would love to chop up cannabis leaves. I was on a photo shoot. Uh, it was like it's the summer of 2018 or 2019, 2019. I can't remember, but uh, Chef Derek Simsek, uh, he's one of my favorites. Um, he was doing a story cooking over fire with us and we were doing a roasted a duck over fire. He did a grilled watermelon with fresh cannabis leaves. And I don't know why it, but it was a combination of everything that he put in there was a CBD vinaigrette, but I ate that entire salad when we're done shooting it. I think I ate the whole bowl. (laughs) And ever since then, I've just been like, if I can get my hands on fresh, fresh cannabis leaves, I'm all about it. You know, I love the, um, I love how good it tastes in my salad. I love the anti uh, antioxidants that come with, you know, the THCA in, in the plant. And um, I, it just feels so fresh. I mean, it tastes so fresh. I love it. So, yeah, that's I know. One of them. Yeah, I know. I know when I would uh, I, when I would grow some of my own, when I would try. I used to love going and, and taking my fingers on the stock, and just that smell, ah, that fresh, that fresh smell, man. It's just it. I don't. I don't like to smoke it, but I definitely like the way that it's. I don't like the. I don't like the way that it smells when you burn it, but I yep. like the way it smells when it's fresh. Yep. Well, and let me tell you about the honey too, because you know this is a perfect way for me to say that when when I got involved in this honey, this is the epitome to me of food as medicine. It really is. And you know, I I sought out this team, this research and technology team in Israel. It's called Beefuse Technology, and I've been working with them for the last year and a half, almost two years now, to bring to market our honey. It's called Red Belly Honey, and you can find it at redbellyhoney.com. But it is the first honey in the world infused by bees. The bees are foraging flowers and plants like they always do. And then we offer them um, a proprietary blend, a hemp nectar, we call it. So they drink in this nectar, they break down the cannabinoids with their bee bellies, and then they express the cannabinoids in the honey when they make their honey. And so we, uh, the, the honeycombs are spun and jar and the honey's jarred and we add nothing to it. So it's also the first, you know, CBD that's water soluble. And I've had so many people, you know, calling me up after eating this honey and telling me how it works for them. I mean, 30% of the people right now who are buying the honey are coming back. So I know it works, but I'm always amazed at what it works on. I had some woman who was coughing for 30 years and it helped her stop coughing. She had a staple damage a nerve in her throat and she stopped coughing. I've had people tell me that it, they're feeding it to their dogs. Their mm. dogs are happier, you know? I mean, back pain. I had somebody call me and tell me he fell off a boat 40 years ago or some ship when he was in the Navy, hurt his back. And he said, I took it and all of a sudden my back pain's gone. So, you know, I I love hearing these stories. Sometimes they make me cry because I'm not really ready for them. Um, And I'm so happy that I can help people. I mean, that was the goal. If we could just help people. When you've lived in pain... And when you live in pain, I have herniated discs in my back. When you experience pain like all day long, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It's mood changing. It can make you depressed. It can make you not sleep. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, if, you know, if, if I can help someone who's living in pain like that, 
just for five minutes. Sometimes I, I have pain in my neck so bad. It's like, I just, you just want to call time out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now, I think that's important for people to know that stuff. Yeah. I, I understand that completely. Like I'm, I'm in the building trade. So, I mean, every day, you know, I would go to work and up and down ladders and, you know, you know, it's labor basically. It's you're doing manual mm -hmm. labor, even though you're getting good money and getting paid for it. But I would be destroyed by the end of the week, man, in pain. And, and, you know, it was, it, it, it makes it to where you don't want to do anything else with the rest of your day once you're done. Right. Yeah, and and I would wake up and it would almost beat me before I started. Wow. You know? Yeah. If you let it, if you let it. Yeah. I mean, I've already had back surgery once a long time ago. And then I was in a car accident in 2010. So it herniated three discs in my neck and it's, it used to make headaches so strong that I couldn't see out of my left eye. So. Yeah. I'm going to have to. No, go ahead. Yeah. Finish. I was going to say, when you experience that kind of pain, you'll do it. You'll, I mean, you know, it's funny because people look at our jar of honey and say, oh, you know, it's $65. And I think, well, how much is the medication that you picked up, you know, from the pharmacy? You know, it's like, you, we don't think anything of it when the doctor writes us a prescription. We just go get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know how many times, I don't know about you, but how many times I've filled a prescription and not used it, you know, or not you know, maybe it's like, Oh, I didn't even need this, you know? Yeah. 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 I definitely don't like taking, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals at all. I mean, yeah, like you, you are right. They do have some, some benefits for some things, but if you can, if you can steer clear of them, uh, it's definitely going to be better for you and your gut biome as well. Um, you know, all of that natural stuff. I mean, when you start putting uh, pharmaceuticals in there, it starts killing your natural gut biome. And that's kind of where our second brain is, right? I mean, at least yeah. that, that's yeah. what people have told me and I've had a lot of people on the show that, you know, deal with stuff like that. I got one coming up, uh, you know, that had to help herself. She had uh what was it? She had a uh, Crohn's maybe, or, or uh, some, mm -hmm. something to do with her, yeah. her, her gut and she cured it with food and, yeah. and it's all, it's all better now. You know, all the autoimmune stuff that she was having is all gone. So yeah, chef, uh, one of our chefs, chef David Yutsavada, uh, he's in Massachusetts. He just got his, um, infuser license in Massachusetts. He owns a business called cloud creamery. Um, he has Crohn's disease and he has gotten himself off of all medication just by using CBD. Good on him, man. Or cannabis in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. And mm -hmm. so now you see, look at all of these results that, that you're that just in this short amount of time, you and I talking that you've, you know, pointed out and it's no wonder why, uh, you know, the big guys don't want it, don't want it out in, until, oh, until they can control it in some way. I know. And you know, these aren't made up things. Like you can go to redbellyhoney.com and click on the reviews. You can read them for yourself. People, whoever buys the honey, you can go post a review yourself. So they post them and, you know, I let them be. So those are real reviews by real people and, uh, you know, doing a lot of different things. So, you know, uh, you know, all of the anecdotal stories in Kitchen Toke uh, in the magazine, we let people, we, we actually approach people and say, hey, you know, would you mind being a guest in the magazine and writing your story? Tell us your story. Because I think, you know, when you think about what cannabis can do for the everyday person, you know, we made a video in 2018 of Eugene Monroe. He's a former NFL player. 
Um, he's a first round draft pick, pick player. Uh, he's a, a cannabis user, a cannabis advocate. We spent three days with him, followed him in his life and, and um, flew a chef in to cook a meal to, to ail, specifically for his ailments for that day. Mm-hmm. And um, when he talks about the pain and stuff that he's been in and how he uses cannabis, um, I always, I always think, you know, if, if when you're in the NFL, your ba- every play is a car crash on your body. I mean, think about that, the impact. So if cannabis can help someone like him from his pains and injuries and multiple surgeries and concussions that he went through, what can it do for the average person sitting at your desk all day when Mm. your back hurts or your knees hurt or whatever? So if you think about that for a second, it's the smallest, it's the smallest amount. You don't have to be high to be healthy. And that's the other thing that I want to talk about. You know, I'm sort of don't fit in in the cannabis space in some ways because I don't like being high. Mm-mm. I don't like being high at all. So I have cannabis every day, all day, but I'm never high. So that's, um, you know, we, we often in the cannabis industry talk about uh, microdosing and microdosing is anything 10 gram, 10, 10 milligrams or less. And I would prefer to talk about nanodosing. I believe that nanodosing is going to be the wave of the future. You see all these drinks coming out now and they're like two milligrams or, you know, uh, anything under five, really. Yeah, just having that steady that steady flow of the medicine in your system, but not enough to induce, you know, the psychoactive part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I interviewed Jim Belushi, he described five milligrams or less. He said, I don't like to go over anything like that in an edible. He's like, five milligrams is just enough. It's like a warm blanket. <laughs> mm. Mm, that's a great way to put it, man. And, and that's, uh-huh. and, and I, and I often, uh, talk about it like that as well. It's like, you know, it's just that like, <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get on with the day. Everything's going to be fine. You know, it, it takes away all of the anxiety. It takes away, you know, anything that, and it just allows me to, to focus on things and, and get things done and not be in my head as much. And so for me, that's a relief because I spend a lot of time in there. Right. And when I get in there, you know, sometimes, sometimes bad things happen. (laughs) I understand when you grow up like we did, sometimes it's like walking down the worst neighborhood and a dark, a dark alley. Uh, That's what it's like when you get too far into your head. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like midnight and the worst neighborhood you can think of alone in a dark alley. (laughs) Right. Right. Huh? I, 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 I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. so there was going to be, there was something else. Ah, man, I missed it. I, I had it. I had, I had the question and it just went off and went way over there. That's okay. We could talk about what CBD does for you. People ask me all the time. Why would I, why would I eat your honey? Why would I take CBD? I mean, it's an, it's an antioxidant. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's a neuroprotector. Um, it's an anti-convulsant. Um, it's, uh, anti-anxiety. I mean, antidepressant antipsychotic i mean i could keep going <laughs> yeah oh i found what it was and we can get back to that so um okay. are you familiar with the documentary uh, vanishing of the bees um i can't remember if i watched that or not it's the one it's is the, it a full documentary or is it one episode and a thing no it's a it's a full documentary okay uh and it's basically you know it talks about remember the the colony collapse that was happening all over the place where the bees oh, were yes, just i did watch that i did watch that okay yeah, so sorry. i i had her on my show the the director of that mary mary mariam hanane 
Yes. And, okay. All right. So she's been on my show and she went through that whole thing. And uh, that, that movie was so amazing. Um, like I had no idea, like I did, had no idea that these little, these little guys, um, you know, were like that. And, you know, what they ended up finding out was, uh, and this happened in, I, I, I want to say it was France where, where they banned all of those, I guess it's Bayer now, but it was Bayer and Monsanto both kind of, uh, uh teamed up now. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and they, and so, Instead of spraying the uh, insecticides or pesticides on the on the plants now on the leaves, they switch their to the to a GMO seed that has the yeah, that has it, it with the yeah within the seed, and mm-hmm. so what was happening was is that these and and it it, it wasn't like an immediate effect right. They would go and take the, uh, take, take the, the, the pollen and, and the nectar from the, from the plant, right? And bring it back and feed it to the larvae and the baby bees. And what they didn't realize was, is that, okay, there was minute amounts of poison that they're bringing back to the, to the, to the colony. And yeah. feeding to the young and the bees that were going to be, you know, coming up and the next one, the next generations, and all of them were being affected. And it's, it's, they literally showed like what a regular bee does. They're very, they're very calculated. They know exactly what they do. They do the same thing all over the time. You know, it, they, they have a method, right? Mm-hmm. And the ones that, that were affected, were stu- they were staggering you could you could plainly see that there was something wrong with them they were poisoned yeah they were yeah. and so yeah. if that's doing that to the bees all right what's yeah. that doing to the food what's that well, doing to the to the to the to the soil and the groundwater and the you know all that I was going to say let's back up to the seed because I just was in a reading a study yesterday that they're finding pesticides in soil 20 years after they cleaned it up mm. So, I mean, when you think about that, and here's the thing that I'll tell you, and and I I know it sounds like I keep bringing it back to my product, and I'll tell you why it does, because I'm so focused on this honey because I know what it's doing, not just for people, but in the environment. And it's it's my focus right now. I mean, Kitchen Talk's been running for almost four years now, so we just launched the honey five months ago, so it's all I'm thinking about lately, to be honest. So, uh, but we uh, we launched in August. In September, uh, if you Google everybody out there, if you're Googling, you can Google Poland, hemp, and bees, those three words. You'll see a study came out in September of 2020, which is about a month after we launched, that uh, a Polish uh, scientist group have been studying the behavior of bees when they have access to hemp terpenes specifically. So our team noticed, my team out in California noticed that the bees in our, in our apiary were stronger, aggressive, they were swarming, they were splitting and breaking off, they were multiplying quicker, they showed strength and no one really knew why. Well, now we kind of do. We think, and we're pretty sure that because we're offering the bees at the apiary in California, the hemp nectar, which is made of a whole plant, full spectrum product, Mm -hmm. uh, they have access to, I think there are about 36 different uh, cannabinoids and 27 different terpenes in our honey. So when they have access to those, we believe that it's doing exactly what this Polish scientist group is saying, that it's helping bees fight off the poison and pesticides better. They're living longer. Mm. 
So it's really interesting because now I'm like, okay, uh, I just talked to a team, my team in Texas today. And we're like, how do we write a grant now to get the approval to do a study on the behavior of bees at our apiary? And wouldn't that be great? Oh yeah. Because not only are we building, we're making a honey that has cannabinoids in it for people, consumers. When you're buying this honey, you're now supporting the life of the bees, at least at our apiary right now. And I can imagine that we're going to probably figure out a way to to help other beekeepers because um, I can't, you know, that my my uh, research and technology team, Beefuse Technology in Israel, they are very, very concerned about the food, the bees, the health, the environment. So I know that that's something that they're paying attention to. And I'm really excited about it. I mean, I'm really, I mean, you know, what if, what if we can just plant, plant hemp everywhere and that will help the bees. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that's amazing. And like, we don't really under, I mean, we don't think about how important bees really are to our, to our existence, you know, between, between the bees and, and the ocean, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge part of, of why we're here, you know, and, and why things keep, keep going. And it's just, it's crazy, man. And, and, uh, it's profit, profit driven corporations are, are definitely the demise, are going to be the demise of this, this world, you know? Money. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about that with the FDA and why they won't approve why they won't legalize cannabis it's about money isn't it yeah well you know what i what i always thought it was it was about is that they were just waiting for you know because you've got states that like what is it almost up to like 18 maybe half the states now have some sort of form of marijuana either medical or medical and recreational i think Uh, we're at 14 now 14 okay Mm -hmm. all right and then now mexico oh (laughs) about time at least they don't have to get well. Ours is better up here, anyways, and they're all up here growing it illegally. I mean, Biden's <laughs> under pressure, I think, with Mexico and Canada. You know, just sandwiching us in, and now we've got—I think we've got 32 medicinally legal states. I- I'm sure I'm wrong, so somebody should check that number. You know, I don't. I, to be honest, it's really hard to keep up with. But I think we have 13. I know we have 14 states now. I think. Uh, that are recreational legal with the new edition of New Jersey, but they don't have anywhere to buy it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point it's going to be right. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think that they just kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off till so big pharma can get in because there's, there's huge, I've heard of that. There's huge uh, warehouses that, that the government owns that are growing cannabis right now. And for their, for whatever it is that they're doing, even here in, in California, I don't know exactly where it was, but I've heard, I've heard talk of it. And, you know, I, my only thing is, is that they're just trying to figure out how they can make the most money on it and push everybody else out. Well, 30 years ago, the United States gave money to is the, the, the scientists and researchers in Israel and asked them to research cannabis for us. Hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we have, we have a strange relationship with Israel, mm-hmm. the United States. I have a great, I have a great one with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not, are you dealing with the government? Probably not. You're probably dealing with a no. pri- private, private company. No. Um, but mm-hmm. our government has a strange relationship with Israel, uh, that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot. 
Yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, uh, Dr. Ralph Mechelen was, you know, the, the scientist who, uh, who, um, oh my God, I just see that you want to get a flow hive so bad. So do I. <laughs> what is, I just what saw is that? that on your face by the flow hive. Uh, they are, um, I, I'm, I can't even butcher it. We should ask this guy, but they're, they're basically self, um, self-sustained, um, hives and that you don't really don't have to take the honeycombs out or ruin any of the any of the bees like uh, setup or situation they basically fill up you turn on a tap and the honey flows out you close it and you let it be so wow. it's, it's you don't have to remove the the uh, honeycombs you know like right now uh, all the honeycombs are pulled out of our hives uh, they're spun uh, well actually they're uncapped by hand so so none of the um the uh, hives are damaged too badly like that you have those machine things you can run in here that's not happening they uncap them all by hand um and then they spin the uh, hives and the honey comes out and then we put the hives back but the flow hive it's a self it's a self I was going to say self-sustaining, like it's a, it's a one structure deal. So it really just, you, the bees are there, the, the honey, the, um, honeycombs are in place. They make the honey. It, it somehow make pushes the, the honey out. So you basically just turn on the tap and the honey flows out and then you turn it off and let, and you're not disturbing the bees really. Oh, that's amazing. And Jordan Barnes has actually been on my show. He is a uh, author of a book called um, One Hit Away. And he suffered, well, he didn't suffer, but he was addicted to heroin for a long time and on the streets, homeless and everything else. And he went to a long-term treatment center and turned his life around. And it's an amazing Amazing. story. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Jordan, Jordan, you're an inspiration. And thank you for uh, tuning in. You tuned in last night, too. So I got he, he's definitely supporting the show. Thank you, brother. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who that's tough. I mean, I, I listened to your story and what you just said and, you know, growing up, um, there's a lot of drug and alcohol addiction in my, um, immediate family and in my, you know, my cousins and, you know, uh, not all of them, of course, but you know, there's just a lot, it's hereditary. It's crazy. And, you, you, when you see it enough, you know, I, I made a decision early on, you know, that's not something I want for myself. I wanted to get as far away from that as possible. So by the time I was starting to look at cannabis, I had to do a full flip myself. You know, I, I, this is something I was like, I always associated with the party scene, you know, and, and boy, was I wrong. It is everything but that. No, yeah, it, it's not. And uh, I'm going to uh, keep talking because I'm going to put uh, a clubhouse uh, information on here so I can flash that up on the screen. Because for anybody that oh, doesn't yeah. anybody that doesn't know about clubhouse, um, you're you're almost late to the game. You better get over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I met you. Uh, I can't. Well, I don't know what club we're in, but that's how we met. Um, you know, I've actually had a really um, interesting time on Clubhouse. I've been meeting a lot of people. I try to listen to a lot of conversations, not just about cannabis, but about health and wellness. Um, I actually listened into a conversation today um, that talked about um, successful people, ten healthy habits of successful people. Um, I always find that fascinating. Um, oh, and then last week, I don't know if you've heard of this woman, Angela Duckworth. Uh, she wrote a book called Grit, and she actually measures people who are successful um, because, uh, yeah, because uh, um, she says that grit has absolutely nothing to do with 
IQ. And she developed what she called the grit test to measure the grittiest people. And her grit, she took it to West Point Military Academy. And she gave the, uh, she said that these, these students spend two, two and a half years trying to get into West Point and then 70% of them quit two months in. Yeah, because they go through some rigorous training. And she wanted to develop a test so she could see, you know, uh, measure if she could predict who's going to drop out, who's going to make it. And her test was pretty successful the first year. She went back the second year and got even closer with her stats. Then she took her test to a Green Berets to see if they were going to make it through training. And her test was even getting better, more accurate. And then she took it to the International Spelling Bee and tested kids. And so her whole book is about how, how is somebody made gritty? Do you have grit? Don't you? And why? And it's all about um, passion times perseverance equals grit, really. Yeah. With IQ, which I kind of love. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, we've all, we've all known people in our life. Like I know, I, I know that I have um, that are very, very, very smart. Okay. They're very intelligent. They're book smart. You know, they can, they, they retain information uh, very well. But then there's these other people, these other folks like myself that have, you know, lots of common sense, lots of street smarts, emotional intelligence, um, all of the other things uh, that make you that more well-rounded person and able to flow through life and, you know, maybe the, the kind of, uh, you know, the stuff that I've been through or people like me have been through, which really makes you a gritty person. Like, you know, how well, to persevere, you know, how to, to, um, not, not quit. Right. And yeah. some of it is just flat ass out stubbornness because I'm not going to let this, this shit, you know, beat me, whatever it is. Um, but I mean, it's that thing that you've got to dig deep for, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, how many times have you been knocked down? I mean, I've been knocked down a million times. Mm -hmm. uh, and I always get back up. That's not, it, it's about what are you going to do then? You have a choice. You have a choice. You can get back up, sure. But you got to keep moving. And that's the perseverance kicking in. Um, I think you asked me in an email before we started this, you know, about let's talk about resilience. And I think that's, you know, resilience is the ability to bounce back, um, you know, to recover. You know, we've all we've all had to endure that this year with the pandemic, for sure, and loss of loved ones and jobs and money. So we're all being uh, tested right now with a little um how resilient are we? And then, you know, our grit is, you know, are we going to push through? Are we going to keep going? You know, um, you know, how, how much, how, you know, how much is, how much is in you, you know, that makes you want to not, you know, not fail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a comment here from another, uh, viewer from last night who tuned in and is now a fan of the show. Thank you, Alice. I really appreciate that. She reached out to me afterwards and was like, Oh my God, you know, this is a great show. I didn't even like, where have you been? <laughs> and I was like, well, where have you been? <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, she's great. She put on here and she but did a bunch of these last night too, during the, uh, oh, good. How, honey, how 
other yeah. <laughs> how it works. Nice. Thank you, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I said I sure I butchered it, but I, I think I have the general concept right. Yeah, yeah. And Alice is uh, her brother, I believe it was, um, and that's why she tuned in last night. He has been wrongfully convicted and been spent 25 years in prison so far for a crime he didn't commit. So, uh, wow. yeah, there's a lo- there's wow. a lot of that, man. There's there's tons of that when you start really digging into the ju- the, the justice system, which is kind of like what I do. Um, I've, I, 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 uh, take on stories of wrongful convictions and, you know, try to amplify that signal out there. And, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's really, it really is a shame, man. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just read a report yesterday. Was it an out? Uh, I can't remember the stat, but it was like 90% or something of people of color being arrested were arrested for, uh, cannabis use in, um, uh, New York City in 2020 still. Mm. I mean, that stat is staggering, staggering. Mm, it is. Um, it is. It's It's a shame that you have people still doing uh, decades in prison for something that I can go right down the street and, and to the store and, and buy. Yep. You know, the yep. problem is, is that a lot of these, the, the a lot of the laws that they changed, they didn't make retroactive. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's cool for all these people that are coming in, but you know, for you guys that are still there, you know, we still need your labor in, 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 you know, the prison industry. So you're kind of stuck. Screw you. You, you know, you're making us a too much money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was another, um, clubhouse, um, room I was in. Um, they had a few people in there that were pardoned, um, this from this last, um, person in charge (laughs) and um um you know they they were sentenced to life in prison for you know a pound of cannabis something like that um ridiculous ridiculous but you know i mean chicago was was trying it's been kind of a shit show here to be honest but um you know i am a a social equity applicant for dispensaries here so uh fingers crossed we'll be uh in the lottery um we've got three applications in it would be really nice to get one um and there are a lot of deserving people you know in the uh, bipoc space that deserve to be in this industry you know no i do and you know what i i was wanting to do um because as a as an ex-felon they've made that that path to entry to getting into the cannabis space as a dispensary owner or somebody that's actually doing something. Cause I mean, I, I could, I could basically, if I wanted to, I can make edibles, right. And I can start yeah. selling those, but I can't yeah. get a, I can't get a license because I'm a felon. And what I thought would be amazing is to start a business, uh, you know, like have a dispensary and have the whole full thing and allow nothing but ex people that are that were justice impacted folks from cannabis uh working there being able to work in, into that space you know that that you had to do so much time for in your past yeah wait wait what state are you in i'm in california so they haven't expunged those yet i don't know if they have or not i just know that i looked into it at one point and it was, uh, it said that, you know, if you're a felon or have a drug, if you have drug felonies that okay. you are not, um, you're not eligible to be able to get a license or a permit to do any, any of the, anything involved with, with that space period. And it was, it, it. it was, it was just to keep us out, 
you know, it's just another way to, to, you know. At what point do you say that somebody has served their time and they're ready to go back and join society? At what point, like at what point do you, do you stop? Do you say that they've done, they're done? Never, you know, they paid. never. You know, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I have a problem with, you know, um, especially when you're a contributing functioning, um, um, civilian, you know, uh, adding to benefits to the society and you're back, you know, it's not like you're out selling drugs anymore. So at, at what point do we just, just, you know, let people get on with their life? There, well, so here, let me, let me, let me show. I, I have an, an explanation and a uh, and an example for you of my own. So when I was eighteen, I was involved in a in a fight which I didn't even have anything to do with, really. But I was just the oldest person there. There were seventeen year olds, and I was eighteen, and they had beat up somebody. Uh, like three of them jumped somebody and and started kicking him in the head with steel toe boots, right? Uh, um, uh. And so he didn't die, but I was the oldest one there. So I'm the one that they felt like was responsible because, oh, well, you're, you're 18. You're, you're, you're the one, right? And so I got a, a, a charge of, um, what was that? Like the assault with a deadly weapon, uh, steel toe boots, right? And I went to court and I got that, uh, knocked down to something else, but it was a violent, um, it was considered a violent charge, right? even though I didn't do anything. So when I actually got uh, sent to federal prison, all my charges were white collar crimes. But guess what? They went back to when I was 18 and pulled that and bumped up my, my points. And now I had to go to a medium security prison instead of going to a camp where I should have gone. So there's an example of the shit don't go away. You know, they constantly continue to, to find a way to, to uh, punish you for what you did in your past. And move the finish line so that you can never succeed. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, I don't think there's any uh, mistake why they don't allow felons uh, to possess firearms. Because we're pissed. Yeah. <laughs> we're pissed yeah. at what they do to us, right? And so, you know, if, if, you know, I, I don't know, maybe there's a different yeah. reason behind it, but it just, yeah, it just, it really, it, unless, and, and see, that's what, that's the whole reason why I'm starting a nonprofit and a 501c3 to build a housing facility for, uh, transitional or transitional age youth, 18 to 24 males coming back from in, uh, incarceration into society, uh, as like a one-stop shop to teach you how to become a, 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 a productive person, you know, to move forward on and get a, get a job and, and, and do all these other things because, if you don't have support, and I was lucky that I did when I got out, but if you don't have a support system, it's designed to set you up to fail straight yeah. up. And, yeah. and there's no, there's no, like, no, I'm not disgruntled. I just saw it. I saw it with my own eyes with, with all of the things that they put on you and all the hoops that you have to go through from show up to probation, go do a drug test, go do this, get a job, do all these other things. And, when you're in prison, most of the time it doesn't, I mean, it's, that, it's not a rehabilitation place, right? There's no, there's no rehabilitation going on there unless you seek that out yourself, right? And you, and you want to run, run that path. 
But for the most part, most guys, you know, especially the ones that are only there from zero to five years, it's really not enough time to change any kind of behavior or do any kind of work. You're just kind of like, by, you know, you, you figure out where you fit in the first year. Then you're, you know, you spend a lot of time, you know, making your outside look good. But the inside never changes. I was just going to say, and then, you know, you're, you're released with nothing mm-hmm. and nowhere to go except for back to maybe an old neighborhood or a family or whatever. And then your choices from there are kind of limited. You know, they're not, they're, they're, you, you said it earlier, you know, they're, they're not setting you up to succeed, you know, it's difficult. And, um, you know, um, no money. I mean, if you're in there long enough, you might forget how to do laundry. It's the simplest things, you know, that you actually have to provide for yourself, you know? And I think that, um, I, I, what you're doing is great. I think it's needed. Thanks. Thanks. I, I, I appreciate that. And uh, you know, one thing I want to do though, do you, do you have an affiliate program for your honey? Because I'm getting my website set up and I'd like to throw, uh, throw an affiliate link on there and, uh, and promote that too as well. Yeah, we're working on that. So yeah, I can circle back to you, but I can tell you for any of your listeners right now, especially those ones who are talking about the flow hive, if they want to buy, um, the honey, uh, we're offering $10 off to all of your, um, your listeners tonight, nowhere to go, but up. Uh, if you go to redbellyhoney.com and you type in, never give up, uh, you'll get $10 off a jar, which is a significant discount. So, um, check us out and order us and taste it for yourself. You're supporting the strength of bees. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, actually send me an email on that. So when I, when I actually publish this to the, uh, to the podcast platforms, it'll be, it, it'll be in there, um, uh, for, you know, however long, however long you offer it. So it'll be a place where you can, and a link where you can actually go uh, to that. So I appreciate it. And we are at an hour, 59 minutes, man. That went by pretty fast, huh? Yeah, it did go fast. I mean, we were talking about that. <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, I, I love these long form conversations. Uh, it really get, gives me a, a chance to to know you and what you're doing, and and you know get to know who you are, and and you know the stuff that you've got going on. You know, thirty minutes. Sometimes I, I mean, yeah, thirty minutes is great for for some stories, right? You know, a couple of things, doing whatever. But to get really into a conversation and the flow of it, it it, it doesn't really start happening happening until about 20 minutes and then it just kind of kicks into overdrive when you and the guests are starting to gel in your conversation like we did right yeah yeah i think well we have similar upbringings and you know there's a lot in common yeah so that's awesome um uh, we got a couple of comments and then we're gonna close this thing out um what was that comments We've got uh kv she threw that up there product uh eight ounce uh jar Jordan, uh, another comment. Awesome show. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate your support. And then Frank, uh, Lalor. Oh, the never give up. Yeah. He's yeah. Never give up discount code. Uh, Redbellyhoney.com. Never give up. All right. There you go. Uh, red belly. What did it say? Red. See, there you go. I forgot it already. (laughs) (laughs) Redbellyhoney.com. Yep. And right. I'll tell you why. Can I just tell you really quick and I'll help you remember it. Okay. So the hemp nectar that we offer our bees, it's red. And when they, when they drink it, their bellies turn red and it's pretty incredible to watch. Well, it's you a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can just see him. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a lot better than what they're what they're feeding them. Uh, you know the uh, the sugar water uh, when they're transporting these bees. I don't use that the f word, the feed word. We don't feed our bees anything. Our bees choose. You can't train a bee to eat something. You can't handcuff them. You can't make them. They're either going to take it or not. Our bees are free to roam. They have access to anything they want, and you know we let them be. Just be. <laughs> awesome. That's the way that they should be. You know, that's that's what nature intended and keeping that model as close to, to natural as you can is the best for them and the best for us as well. Yes, it is. Um, all right. So we're going to close this out. Um, I'm going to put up some of your social media links here. You've got, uh, where we go, where we go, where we go, where to go. All right. Kitchentoke.com. That's your website. Uh, that's where the magazine is and, and all of that stuff. Right. Uh, and then you can also follow her on Instagram and uh, you're also on uh, you're on Clubhouse as well too. And what is that? That's uh, at I'm on Clubhouse at Jolene Rivera, J O L I N E R I V E R A. Yep. And you can find our uh, we have a club. We have a kitchen tote club, so you can find that too. Oh, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to look you up and, and and get that club and get in there. I'm sure I invited you, Sean. Already, I'm positive I did. Did you? Yeah. If huh. not, we should host a room together. Yeah, let's do it for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely yeah. down with that. I love Clubhouse, man. The organic growth that is happening over at Clubhouse for anybody. If you, if, if you, if you've been hearing about it, everything you're hearing is that plus some because the authentic conversations that are going on over there right now, the people that are just getting straight up real. I mean, I've gotten value out of every room that I've gone in so far. There isn't something that I haven't taken away from any room that I've gotten gone into and been like, God, you know what? That's awesome. I didn't know that. Or, you know, the tips or tricks with podcasting. If you're a podcaster, dude, go get over there because in those rooms, and I host one too, I have one on uh, Wednesday mornings at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time that I host yeah. with my friend Maria, who probably would love to have you on her show because she's a farmer as well in uh, Ohio, I believe, or I Iowa, one of the one of those places. Oh, I'm and, from Iowa. I'd love to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. She's a she's an amazing person. She's awesome. And she's actually I just hired her to uh, do my website and some of my sales funnels that I'm going to try to do. And so, yeah. Well, at the Kitchen Talk Clubhouse, we are. Um, I'm going to start inviting guests who have written for the magazine. Um, all of our content is uh, source-based, fact-based material. And we know that those facts change as research comes in. So we're going to be inviting. I think I'm going to start a, a new clubhouse with um, uh, Laura Logano. She's a uh, MS, RDN, CDN. She's a holistic uh, cannabis. Uh, she runs a holistic cannabis academy. And she's written a book called The CBD Oil Miracle. So I'm going to have her in the room. And we're going to talk about her and how she discovered oil for her um, daughter who has autism and then she can answer a lot of questions where cbd is concerned awesome that's great and also tomorrow i have two two streams going i got one at one o'clock uh, p.m uh, pacific time with aurora uh, from the borealis experience and we started doing a uh we started doing a series um, we did one episode so far, and basically the series is about uh, formerly abusive people 
and how we got through it and having other folks on there that, you know, kind of maybe struggled with that or were on the other side of it. Maybe they were affected by an abusive person. And, you know, we like to have those conversations and talk about that because in talking about real things like that, that's where the healing comes in. You know, when you're hiding from your behaviors, that's when that, that's that that's where they flourish. And when you pull them out of the closet and start really talking about what you were and what you've done and, and how you were, that's where the healing starts, man. And getting, getting real with who you are and, and changing those behaviors if that's, if they were affecting you. So that's kind of what we're trying to do over there. I can't remember who I have at, at six o'clock tomorrow. Um, I, I, I don't remember who it is. I got, I, I have so many this week. Literally, I have six streams this week. Uh, every, every two almost every day. I've got a I'm not doing a live one for for the uh the director of that uh documentary um everything's a rich man's trick but I would oh. suggest anybody out there who who wants to see a great documentary about kind of where where we were like for the last hundred years, this guy summed up the last hundred years in three and a half hours and I was sold and I actually went and, and, and saw him out just like I do with all the other ones, man. You guys know that when something, something gets under my skin and, and makes me want to be a fan and, and puts me into action, I go right after and try to find the people and get them on the show. Cause I want to, I got questions, man. I want to know. And so oh, I know that's exactly how I felt when I discovered the Israeli team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. Jolene, I really want to thank you for spending some time with me. I know it's late over there in uh, Chicago and, you know, you took the time out to come and hang out with me and I really appreciate that. And I I love what you're doing. And uh, let's, let's see, we got a couple more before we go out here. So uh, Jordan said he's convinced he's going to check clubhouse out. Dude, you're not going to be disappointed. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Do it. It'll be the best. It'll be the best time you've wasted. uh, And (laughs) because it it can, it can be a time suck. I'm not going to lie. You got to be careful with it. It's a full-time job. (laughs) It's a full-time job for me now. Jordan, I'll look for you on, uh, I'll look for you. And then Vanessa Valvadinos, I just ordered my honey. I can't wait. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. And please invite me too, Alice. Sure. Hit me, uh, I'll, I'll hit me on, uh, Messenger and I'll get your phone number and I've got some invites. So I'll, I'll shoot you an invite. Uh, you got, but the only, the, the only caveat is, is you got to have an iPhone. They don't, they, it's not open mm-hmm. to Android yet. Um, they're working on it, I, I imagine, but right now it's in the beta testing, uh, version and iPhone only. So if you don't have an iPhone, uh, sorry, I can't, I, don't, I can't do anything about it. But if yeah. you do, I can soon. I can definitely give you an invite. And so. for all you flow hive lovers, go get redbellyhoney.com and uh, never give up is a discount code. Get your honey. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we're going to pull out. And uh, if you want to hang out uh, down below after I, I go, because I'm going to do a couple more announcements and I'm going to hit the outro and then I'm going to meet you in the green room. Yes. I'll hang out here. All Thank right. you, Sean. You're welcome. Thanks again. That, there you go, man. Another awesome interview. I love this job. Well, it's not my real job yet, but soon maybe I will be able to make it my real job because I love connecting with people and I love bringing great information to all of you out there who are watching the show and, and getting something out of my content. Like I said, I got, I can't, I cannot 
uh, stress enough. If you are getting something out of this and you are enjoying what I'm doing, head over to Patreon. Uh, go get on one of the tiers. Uh, there's definitely some value for you there. I mean, even the, the $3 one, you're going to get content that hasn't even been put out yet, uh, uncut, unedited, uh, and, and basically, you know, you can just, it doesn't have any of the stuff that I put in it. It's just the conversation itself. If you go over to the $5 one, you're going to have an opportunity to once a month, be able to come on one of these as a patron subscriber and and do a live stream with me, ask questions, do, you know, anything that you want on a live stream. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, other than that, uh, stay tuned and check out the, the, oh man, too bad. I'm sorry, Alice, you know, iPhone. Well, It'll be available to uh, Android users at some point because that's a whole huge market that uh, they're missing out on. So hopefully they'll they'll do that pretty soon. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I just love podcasting. And that's all I'm going to say. And I will check you guys out tomorrow. One o'clock will be the first stream. Six o'clock will be the second stream. And then there will be one on Friday at six o'clock as well. And, uh, yeah. So until next time, keep it real and stay 100, man. It's the only way to be. You've been listening to the nowhere to go, but up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.